Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the difference between how you should approach anxiety and sensory issues. And I want to talk about that because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding in approaching sensory issues. I hear a lot of parents approaching it in a very similar way to anxiety, and they really should be approached in a completely different way. So I thought it would be good to talk about the difference, to explain why you should approach it in a different way, and to talk about how to approach it in a different way so that you have some answers as to what to do things in a little bit of a different way. But before we begin, if you haven't been subscribing to my podcast and you've been just listening, you might want to hit subscribe so that you get notified every Tuesday of my new episodes. And also, I'm putting a lot of my attention and focus on Instagram lately. So if you're not following me, please follow me over at Instagram at Anxious Toddlers. And that's at Anxious Toddlers. It's not about toddlers, but that's my name. And I do IGTV videos every Wednesday over there. I do YouTube videos every Thursday for kids. And I do podcasts every Tuesday. So if you're not taking advantage of all the different places that you can get free resources, you should be following me in those other areas as well. My link to my YouTube channel is in the show notes, but I'm at youtube.com slash C slash anxious toddlers 78. Okay. So let's start talking about sensory. So a lot of our kids who have anxiety are predisposed to have some sensory issues as well. There's a big correlation and there's a big overlap between sensory issues and anxiety and OCD. They all kind of like to hang out together. So it's not surprising that many of our kids who have anxiety or OCD also have some sensory needs. Now, some of them have sensory processing disorder, SPD, and a lot of them just have some sensory issues. And sometimes those are misconstrued as OCD. And I did a whole episode on uh, just right OCD and sensory And that was episode 44. So that might be something you want to listen to after this one. And I'll list also, I have a bunch of other sensory related podcasts that I've done, but I want to get into the difference. So with anxiety, I talk a lot about how to empower our kids to lean into their anxiety, that they can get desensitized. I talk about that with OCD as well, that we want to slowly challenge our kids to lean into their fears or not do their compulsions, depending on whether we're talking about anxiety or OCD. And we want them to get basically desensitized to live with that discomfort, to live with the unknown or to live with doubt or to live with the fear, to live with the stomach ache. And then eventually anxiety or OCD gives up and says, you know what? I'm out of here. You're not responding. I'm not bothering you you don't, you're not listening to me. So I'm going to just forget about it. (laughs) And that's what happens. And it's a beautiful thing when it happens. It's very cool to watch. I love seeing it. It never gets old in my practice to see anxiety or OCD go down because the child or the teenager is, you know, playing chicken with anxiety or OCD and it's not going to blink and is like, you know what? Fine. You can make me feel this way, but I'm still going to do it. 
and eventually they feel reprieve. So I'm not going to go into how to deal with anxiety or OCD in this episode, because I go into that ad nauseum everywhere you can find me. That's all I ever talk about. But I want to talk about the sensory component because a lot of the parents that I teach and a lot of the parents that follow me will take the same principle and they'll apply it to sensory things. If our kids could just get used to the scratchy tag or the noise or the smells, they will eventually acclimate to it and then it will go away just like anxiety or OCD goes away. And that's really not the case for sensory issues. And so even though our kids have anxiety or OCD, uh, their sensory needs have to be handled in a different sort of way. So all three of my kids have sprinkles of anxiety or OCD, and they all have sprinkles of sensory issues as well. My oldest really has clinical SPD. You know, she's got sensory processing issues and she's a teenager now. And so she's learned how to really adapt to it. And my two little ones have sensory issues, but I wouldn't really call them sensory processing disorder. And how I approach those issues is very different than how I approach their anxiety or their OCD. So if my child is anxious about doing something, you know, if they're anxious about going to school because they're worried they're going to throw up, we talk about accepting the feeling of throw up. And then, you know, you may or you may not throw up and you're going to go to school anyway. And you're going to show anxiety that you still function and that it can't slow you down. And that's the approach that I would take for anxiety or OCD. But when my daughter is plugging her nose because a smell is really bad and she has a supersonic nose, I'm not going to tell her to just breathe in the onion, breathe it in deeply because eventually that smell isn't going to bother her or listen to that super loud flush in that toilet. Let's just listen to it over and over again because eventually that noise isn't going to bother you. That's not true. The noise will continue to bother you because it's a sensory issue and it's affecting them physiologically in a different sort of way. Same thing with misophonia, which this isn't really about, but it's still somewhat of a sensory issue where someone is triggered by very specific types of noises. And I actually have a whole podcast on misophonia, which is episode 26. Um, if you are interested in what that is about, but that, you know, that's hitting your limbic system and causing you to rage based on a particular sound and getting desensitized to those noises doesn't work. You can listen to an obnoxious sound like eating or chomping or uh, water noises, certain noises that tend to trigger people with misophonia, and they don't ever acclimate to that. Not from what I have seen, and I have misophonia myself, and I've worked with kids who have it, and I haven't seen people habituate to those sounds. So those are very separate issues than when you're dealing with anxiety or OCD, even though there's a correlation because a lot of people with anxiety or OCD have sensory issues and have misophonia. So I also did uh, a YouTube video on that to help kids directly with misophonia. And that is on my YouTube channel. And if you go to the search button on my YouTube channel and type in misophonia or any topic that you're looking for, it will pop up with the video that I'm talking about. A lot of times people will try to reach out to me and 
will ask me, I can't find that video or, you know, that YouTube video you're talking about, I can't find it. And really the search button is the best way to search on YouTube because there's really no other way to to do it. I have playlists. So I have a playlist for kids with anxiety and I have a playlist for kids with OCD and I have a playlist for parents, but the best way is to just actually search it. So when my kids are having sensory issues, I don't tell them to lean into it. I one, teach them about their superpowers. And I actually did a YouTube video all on that too, (laughs) not to keep talking about my YouTube channel, but I thought it was really important that kids understand what the sensory processing and sensory issues are. So I did make uh, a YouTube video on that. It was episode 82. You can search it on my website. I also have a search button on my website at atparentingsurvival.com or just go to my YouTube channel. And so I start with my kids explaining to them what their sensory superpowers are. And so I, they know all about their anxiety. They know all about OCD, but I also spend time teaching them what sensory issues are too. And I talk to them about how anxiety, OCD, and sensory issues, they like to hang out and that they're sensitive inside and out. And there are some beautiful things that come with that you know, that they have a sensitive heart, that they are more aware of other people's emotions, that they are kind hearted, that they are intelligent, intuitive, all these amazing qualities that come with being sensitive inside and out. And then I talk about the superpowers of being, uh, having some sensory issues. You know, my daughter has a superpower where she can smell a mile away and my oldest daughter can feel a mile away and she can taste like even the smallest little drop of ingredient that no one else can tell is in there. Her mouth will let you know about it. So we talk about these, these issues as, you know, superpowers that you just have to learn how to manage because we want to be positive. We want to be uplifting. We don't want our kids to think they have a million problems and a million different things wrong with them. We want to frame it in a really positive way because it it is a positive thing in the sense that it creates these kind-hearted, empathetic people. And I wouldn't trade my kind-hearted, empathetic kids for the world. I just want to get the things that are hard and that are really a barrier to their happiness away. And so we want to frame it in that way. So the first step is definitely education, you know, and I think a lot of times when we're dealing with anxiety and OCD, we don't explain sensory separate from the anxiety and OCD. We kind of lump it all together. And so kids don't realize that that is a unique and separate issue. And we want to explain that because we want to help them navigate their sensory needs. And so with anxiety and OCD, we teach them to ignore the lies and, you know, get used to the discomfort and face their fears with sensory issues. Here's the difference. Drum roll, please. We want to teach them how to cope with it. And so we want to teach them how to develop skills to adapt and to cope with it, to know their sensory limitations, to know their sensory overload and to proactively plan for it so that they can cope with their sensory overload. That is the difference. I see a lot of times parents uh, pushing their kids to to tolerate and go through some sensory overload with the the thought that they can adapt and habituate just like they would with anxiety and OCD. And it is very different. And I wouldn't do that to a child. And so I would teach them how to 
block the sound. And so if they know that they are going to be overwhelmed in a movie theater or with the automatic flushers or with any other noise, I would want them to start to learn how to identify that that is their anxiety. I'm nervous about going into public bathrooms because I'm afraid of the flush. And so I want them to start articulating that even from a young age, what it is, what's their core fear? Is it a sensory anxiety? Am I afraid of the noise? And if I am afraid of the noise, I don't need to go down the rabbit hole and say, well, what's the worst part of that noise? The worst part of that noise is that I have sensory overload around that noise. That noise overwhelms me. That noise startles me. That noise scares me. That's the core fear. And if that is the core fear, that it's an anxiety that's based on a sensory overload or a sensory fear, I'm not going to approach it in the same way that I would if it was a typical anxiety that's not related. And so that's the difference between a sensory related anxiety and just pure anxiety. Like I'm afraid of bad guys or I'm afraid of throwing up. This is, I am afraid of having sensory overload. And in that case, I'm going to say, what can you do? to feel like you're in control. And so do I need to wear earplugs or headphones? My youngest daughter has a lot of noise sensitivity where she was very anxious to go to the movie theater for a really long time. In fact, just recently, she started to feel more confident. And I bought some vibes. I talk about vibes a lot. You'd think that they're actually sponsoring me, but they're not. (laughs) They should. But uh, vibes are these earplugs that are really tiny and they're made for sensory issues and they're made for kids on the spectrum or anyone who's having some sensory issues and they go into little ears and they filter out sound and so they don't cut off sound but they filter out sound and so kids can still hear with them in and they're very discreet so I like those better than like really big earphones or headphones I mean Uh, I just think they're easier and I carry them in my purse and my daughter always makes sure that I have them and her anxiety goes down as long as she knows I have the vibes in my purse. took her a while to go on board with those. She didn't want to wear them. She thought they were stupid. She didn't think they were going to help. And so sometimes it takes some convincing to get kids to use these coping mechanisms, but ultimately it's up to them. But we have vibes. Also, you know, we have like little, little pieces of paper I carry in my purse and I can block the sensors on the automatic flushers and they don't automatically flush. And so then she feels more in control because she knows how to hide the sensor or cover the sensor so that the toilet doesn't automatically flush. These are coping mechanisms. And so you want to explore what that will be for your child. I've worked with people who force their kids to wear scratchy clothes because they think that their kids will eventually get used to it. Instead, I suggest that you teach your child how to figure out what clothes work for their skin. And unfortunately, and probably in a very frustrating sort of way, that will change over time. That can change even week to week. And we can't control that. So part of our job as a parent is to recognize that they're not trying to be difficult but that their skin just will feel different at different times. And that can get very costly because you can buy something and think, you know, hey, this is awesome. Uh, They really like this. And then a week later, their skin doesn't like it or their skin wants tight things and it wants loose things. And it can be very confusing, but you want to help your child figure that out for themselves. And you want to find the most comfortable things. I have found um, spandex, cotton, 
leggings to work with my kids. And when we discovered jeans that were actually soft cotton, that was a gift, you know, that didn't actually have a zipper. That was a gift. And so we look for things that will work for their skin. My teenage daughter, she looks for things that feel good on her body. That's like her number one priority. And then what it looks like. So those are things that you want to teach your kids. So the main point of this podcast, and it's a pretty short podcast because it's a pretty succinct message, is when we're dealing with sensory things, we don't want to be trying to get our kids to habituate to things. Uh, We're going to frustrate them. We're going to increase their anxiety because we want to teach kids coping mechanisms. We want them to really understand what are their superpowers? What are their sensory superpowers? And then what are their coping mechanisms? And that might take some time to figure out. It might be trial and error to figure out. But the more you can articulate that for your kids, the more they're going to be able to try to problem solve and think of different things. So if they gag on lumps and bumps, if they don't like chewy food, you help articulate that for them. You know, you don't like chewy food. I notice you don't like meats. You don't like things that take a long time to chew. You like crackers or you like chicken nuggets. Kids don't realize that they have these patterns. And so when you help explain that to them and you help give them words and meaning and definitions and get them to realize that they're not alone, that is huge. That is huge for them. And then that gives them an opportunity to really think about it and think about what are their sensory needs, what things do overwhelm them, what things do help them. And they can start to develop an understanding of who they are and how they want to function. (laughs) So I hope all that makes sense to you. And I also want to mention that it is that time of year again, where the super sensory bundle has started. It is happening this week. And if you have followed me for a while, you know that I love participating in this once a year. And for those of you that don't know what it is, I'll just explain it to you. Once a year, experts in various fields get together and participate in this bundle where we all give a product to this bundle that's related to helping kids with sensory needs. And um, Dana from Lemon Lime Adventures, she creates this bundle and she it's a giveaway basically. And so you have all these experts coming together with their best products. I actually created a product this year for the bundle and a lot of other people did as well. And she gives it away for a steal. And so this year the bundle has gotten super crazy. So the total value of the bundle is over $1,300 and it is $39. So it's, it's, People are kind of like, wait, what? Why would you actually get $1,300 worth of products for $39? And it's just this once, it's once a year. It's for one week. Um, it's not a scam. <laughs> I know when I looked at bundles, I'd be like, wait a minute, what's the catch? And really, there is no catch. It is just a good opportunity for people to get in front of other people's audiences. And so a lot of different experts like to just get their stuff out there to other people that maybe don't normally get to see it. Um, I like to participate in it because there's so many people out there who don't know about me and know about my work. And so it's cool to just add something of value to people so that they can, you know, if they have a child with anxiety, maybe they'd be like, Hey, I never heard of Natasha. So that's why most, um, 
people in various fields participate in this. It's uh, it's a nice thing to do. It's a good thing to do. And also it gets your name out there in front of other people. The bonus for you is that you can take advantage of this and get $1,300 worth of products for $39. So the the bundle this year is pretty insane. I've never seen so many high high cost products in there. There are actually too many for me to read, but I'll read a couple of them. I made um, a mini course, and so I have a, a mini course on how to handle sensory related anxiety. So you will get that in there. It's um, you can buy it separately. It's fourteen dollars. And it's on teachable.com. So it's anxioustollers.teachable.com. And people in my AT Parenting community will get that for free because they get all my mini courses for free. And so if you're not in my community um, and you want to be, you can go to atparentingcommunity.com because they always get freebies and they also get one of my big classes for free as well. They get access to it as long as they're a member. But if you're interested in the bundle, I will read a couple of different things. There is the mindful parents method for meltdowns. There's calming strategies for parents workshop, helping you remain calm to better help your child. There's parenting chaos, practical support and encouragement for parents of explosive children. There's decoding sensory tantrums, mini course. There's self-regulation for adolescents and teens, a parent guy. There's quick tips for calming and self-regulation. There's emotion, feelings, and calm down bundle. I mean, it goes on and on. I can seriously read this for hours, but if you want to see the whole list, you can, I made a quick link. And so you can go to bit.ly slash super sensory bundle 19. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash super sensory bundle 19. And as always, for those of you that are driving and you are like, wait, what? You can just text me at 44222 and type in all one word sensory bundle and I will just send you the link. So if you're interested in the super sensory bundle, definitely check it out. This year is better than last year. Uh, crazy amount of stuff. Definitely worth way more than $39. Um, actually worth more than $1,300, but you can go check it out at bit.ly slash super sensory bundle 19. For those of you that buy the Super Sensory Bundle, you can email me your receipt. And if you email me your receipt at anxioustollers at yahoo.com, you can get 50% off your first month in my membership. So if you are going to buy the bundle and you've been interested in my membership, just email me at anxioustollers at yahoo.com. Email me the receipt for your Super Sensory Bundle and mention that you are interested in getting 50% off my membership and you'll get 50% off your first month. So that'd be a nice way to try out the membership and see if you like it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to hit a star and review it on iTunes. And if you have a few extra seconds, if you can leave uh, how the podcast is helping you, that is greatly appreciated and helps other parents know that there's some value in this podcast. To show my appreciation and gratitude, I always like to end my show reading one of those reviews. So I want to say thank you to Susan. And she wrote, we have a daughter who has just been diagnosed with anxiety and OCD. And while she sees a great therapist, this podcast has been saving my life with all of Natasha's knowledge, straight talk, and ability to explain. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for leaving a review. I really appreciate it. 
And if you leave a review, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Hi, I'm a mom of a daughter with OCD. I live in South Africa. Um, and it's a country that doesn't have a lot of resources for children's mental health and specifically OCD. I really was at my wit's end on how I'm going to support my child, how I'm going to do ERP, how I'm just basically going to, to parent a daughter with OCD in a country that has little to no resources. And at times it got just debilitating for us as a family and I was super lonely, um, people weren't listening, I didn't have any support. The AT community has been an absolute lifesaver. Natasha has been instrumental in the past few months in helping us set up ERP challenges, going through them step by step, being supportive each and every step of the way. Joining the AT parenting community has been one of the best things I could have done for me and my family. Uh, Natasha has built this community and it is exceptional. I've learned so much, the support is fantastic. It's, it's just been life-changing for my daughter. Um, it's so nice to be able to ask her live questions in office hours. She's there, she responds. Uh, her live videos every week where she asks us what we need her to talk about. Uh, also her forums, again, where you can ask questions. She's on there all the time. She is very present. The resources she has had provided, the worksheets. Uh, there are so many things in this AT parenting community that are beneficial. Natasha gives you so much of her time and her expertise. She's there to answer your questions, so it's such a personal way of getting help and support when it's much needed. Personally, the community has helped me because I feel like I needed my support. And then you have the added bonus of this fantastic community of parents who are going through such similar things and suddenly you're empowered and have ways of accessing help and making a real difference to your family. And also just the support of all the other moms and dads, it's really good, you know, we laugh together, we cry together, we fail together, we succeed together, um, and, and everybody gets it, everybody gets it, and it's such a nice community to be with, and I hope you join us, you won't be disappointed, try it out. To learn more about how you can become a member of the AT Parenting Community, go to atparentingcommunity.com.